What is up to all my listeners of the Uptempo Podcast, man? Today, we are joined by Patrick Murphy, the beat writer for The Ohio State at Bucknuts247, and I think he brings an absolute heat piece today of an episode, and we're going to talk a little bit about Ryan Day and the job he's done since Urban stepped down. Does the NFL eventually get Ryan Day? We talk about C.J. Stroud and C.J.'s faith and and how he leans on God and and I think everybody needs to listen to this episode and and how Patrick uh really really gives some insight on on CJ off the field just really good stuff and and we you know we talk about uh how how Ohio State just just keeps bringing these wide receivers in and and how they're recruiting and and you you lose Olave and Wilson, and you just got Njigba and and Harrison Jr. stepping in, and all these guys, man, wide receiver you for sure. And I'm just super excited. And and Patrick even talks about the new DC hire, and uh, if if Jim Knowles is going to get that done, if is he is he the guy to get the to get that defense back to an elite level? So when they get to that national championship or that playoff appearance. Uh, where they they can uh, compete at a high level, and I, I just thought you know it was it was a really really solid episode today, and and I'm not going to let you guys wait around any longer. So here you go. Welcome back in everybody, and today we are joined by special guest Patrick Murphy, the beat writer for the Ohio State Buckeyes at Bucknuts two four seven. Patrick, man, how you doing today? I'm good. How you doing? I'm hanging in here, man, down here in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and it is currently like 34 degrees, and it's raining, and I'm not a fan of it, man. Well, you've got us beat because it's like 20-some degrees here. It got a little warmer yesterday, so some of the snow we got uh, early in the week started to melt, but it's still here. I'm not a fan of it either, so (laughs) we're in the same boat, just a little bit different temperatures there. Yeah, I heard that, man. I'm, 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 I'm not big on that cold weather at all but uh Patrick man I, I want to jump right in and and I got a big buddy of mine he's, he's a huge Ohio State fan down here and uh it, it's it's rare very rare but but he loves yeah. his Buckeyes man and and he wanted me to ask you uh right out the gate is is Jim Knowles uh the new DC hire from Ryan Day is, is he gonna get this defense back to being that elite level defense and when you get when you get into that national championship game with Alabama, are they going to be able to to get there? Well, I think that's certainly the hope, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Ryan Day has uh, kind of put all his chips in this basket, <clears throat> excuse me, after two years where the defense wasn't, uh, you know, anywhere near the standard that it should be. Now, Ohio State did obviously get to the national championship game two years ago, but everyone saw what happened against Alabama. And, mm-hmm. and sure, that's a, that was a historically good offense, but Ohio State didn't put up much of a fight. So the the thought is that Jim Knowles, who built that Oklahoma State defense that was, I believe, ranked top four in the country in most of the major statistical categories this year, in a Big 12 where obviously teams throw it all over the yard, mm-hmm. um, that he can do the same at Ohio State with you know higher caliber athletes, you know bigger bigger named recruits, those type of things. Um, the one thing I will say, I've talked to people uh, about Jim Knowles, guys that covered him for uh, for our site that, that covers Oklahoma State. And my understanding is his defense is pretty complex. And with the the players in Oklahoma State, it, it took time. Like I said, he was mm-hmm. there four years. And each year they got better and better. 
But, I mean, they started off pretty low down, and if you look back at the rankings over the last few years, and it took time for some of the guys to catch on and really embrace what he was doing. So I do think that Ohio State will be improved. I don't know if it will jump, you know, all the way up to near the near the top of the rankings defensively mm-hmm. in year one. But from everything I understand about Jim Knowles, and we haven't gotten a chance to talk to him yet, I'm hoping that happens here at some point this month or early next month. But, um, you know, it sounds like a good hire on paper. It may just take some time. But I do think they will certainly be improved over what they were last year and then the year before. Mm, man. I, you know, and, and – Watching Ohio State, man, it's definitely the only thing they're missing for real because that offense is absolutely yeah. explosive. And man, that leads me into my next question: is is with losing guys like Chris Olave and and you know just those that wide receiver you and and the Garrett Wilsons and and all that. Who are the guys that that are going to come in and and replace those guys? Well, if you watch Ohio State this year, and, and especially in the Rose Bowl, uh, mm. you saw Jackson Smith and Jigba, mm-hmm. was a sophomore receiver, was a five-star kid coming out of Texas, but coming into the year was certainly overshadowed by the guys you mentioned, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. But he actually ended up leading Ohio State in receptions and receiving yards. Him and C.J. Stroud, same year, uh, did the opening together, kind of bonded. At, at that in the recruiting camp. So there was a connection right off the bat. Neither of them played much as true freshmen. So I think, you know, scout team stuff and things like that, I think they just had a relationship, a good chemistry, and, you know, they're, they're both good players. So he uh, he's not a guy who's stepping into any sort of different role. He was a big, obviously a big player, but he will be probably the biggest name. Um, if you watch the Rose Bowl, you saw Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. son of the former Colts, uh, wide receiver, you know, pro football Hall of Famer. I'm sure everyone's familiar with his career. Oh yeah, that was the first time we'd seen him do a ton in games. He'd gotten in, you know, some late game situations. He played against Nebraska when Garrett Wilson was out a little bit, but uh, you know, against Utah, he he looked the part. Three touchdowns in that game, so he'll be one of the outside receivers that, that replaces Olave and Wilson next year. And Julian Fleming, two years ago, was. Coming in, uh, he's going to be a junior this next year. He was the top receiver in the country, and he has dealt with shoulder injuries. Well, one shoulder injury that they've just been trying to get right that goes back to high school. Mm-hmm. He played in kind of a wing T offense in high school, so his his grasp of Ohio State's offense has taken a little bit too. So they're hopeful that he's healthy now. He's been in the program long enough to to kind of understand the offense and that he can kind of take that next step and also be one of those outside receivers. So those are the, the three names that I think you'll probably hear about the most. Agneke Buka, who also um, was a uh, you know, highly ranked receiver. Mm-hmm. He was a freshman this past year. He'll have a role as well, but he and, and Smith and Jigba both kind of play that slot role. Both guys can move outside. He may be a year or so away, even though he is, is pretty impressively talented. Um, could do some things on special teams as well. So that's that's probably the four. I mean, I could keep listing wide receivers for you. It would take up probably way too much time with the way the Buckeyes are recruiting them. No but, doubt. Uh, those are the guys that are, are probably going to step in the most, I would think, in 2022. Oh, man. Patrick, uh, man, that's what asking the question was so difficult because I was like, man, I could just keep naming receivers because you guys are wide receiver you, man. And, and um, you know, that, that – takes me to my next question about Ryan Day, man. How has he just kept this thing going? And there was no drop-off 
you know, after Urban and and the recruiting that he does, how does he how does he get it done? That is uh, that is a tough question to answer. <laughs> Ohio State really got right after uh, you know when, when Urban Meyer was retiring. I mean, you look across the country at some of these these programs that have you know like a Texas, for instance, that just haven't been able to replace a Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. USC hasn't been able to replace a Pete Carroll. I mean, even if, if you go back to Jim Tressel at Ohio State, it's gone from him. There was one down year where Luke Fickle, a young Luke Fickle, mm-hmm. took over uh, before Urban got there. So it's it's been impressive that Ohio State's been able to, to kind of keep this train on the track going Absolutely. back to 2001 when Tressel got here. Um, I think Urban Meyer did, probably deserves more credit than he gets for this. And, and say what you will about a lot of stuff that's come out about Urban over the past year. But he handpicked Ryan Day to come in, and, and Urban's an offensive guy. He picked Ryan Day a few years before, probably not even thinking that his his you know college coaching career was coming to an end, but that just realizing that this was an offensive mind, you know, a, a real bright guy, kind of an up and comer. Worked under Chip Kelly in the NFL, and and Urban obviously has connections with Chip Kelly as well. So he, he saw he recognized that, and when he got to the point where he was considering you know retirement or what, whatever we want to call it now. Um, <laughs> You know, he pointed to Ryan Day and said, this is the guy. And I remember being at the press conference where Urban announced his retirement, and they, they also announced Ryan Day as the head coach that day. And Ryan Day got asked very few questions. You know, it was all about Urban. And looking back on it, I think we probably should have handled that a little bit differently. I mean, obviously, Urban retiring was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Ryan Day is is uh, is becoming, you know, a, a superstar in the, the coaching uh, kind of realm, you know, some of these young coaches that have started to establish themselves uh, across the country in, in major ways, you know, in terms of how he does it, I, I mean, obviously he has the Ohio State train, you know, the recruiting, mm. you can get into any program, any high school program in the country, so that, that certainly helps <laughs> kind of get you there quicker, but, um, you know, I'm not saying he didn't didn't earn the right to be a head coach here, uh, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I, I think he's also made, aside from some of these defensive hires the last couple of years, he's been smart about what he's done in terms of making sure he has the right people around him, especially the first couple of years. You know, he hired some veteran coaches to um, kind of, you know, to fill out maybe some of the things he didn't know how to do. Kevin Wilson, who was the head coach at Indiana, is on the staff. Um, he brought Greg Madison down from from Michigan, who'd been in the college game for a very long time before he retired a couple of years ago. So he's put put the right people around him too, which I think is always kind of an overlooked thing when you look at coaches, especially young coaches. Mm. Man, that was that was good stuff, man. I I enjoyed listening to that, and and I'm a I'm a big Ryan Day fan, and and the 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 other huge huge fan I am is. is is definitely of CJ Stroud, man. And and I want to hear what kind of guy is CJ Stroud off the field and, and around that program and in the locker room and in the weight room. And, and how does he lead that football team? I think that part of him really blossomed as the year went on, you know, early in the year, I think he was surprised with just kind of all that came with being an Ohio state quarterback off the field. You know, the, the criticism you get on social media he said after the um, Minnesota game, he turned off all his notifications on, on Twitter and Instagram because, you know, we, you're the Ohio State quarterback. Anytime you mess up, there are people that are going to, to criticize you, mm-hmm. and probably in a way that they really shouldn't. And so he had to learn that. He had to learn how to be a leader of this team. You know, the kid was, was 19 years old. 
Um, and it, it progressed a lot. And you could just tell by talking to him as we got to throughout the season that he was getting more comfortable in, in kind of his his own skin as the Buckeye quarterback. And, and I think you saw that reflected in his play as he, he you know, was more comfortable. Um, I got a chance to go and cover the Heisman ceremony this year, which was cool because, you know, the Ohio State beat is, is pretty big. So mm-hmm. we don't get a lot of up close and personal with these guys. It's a lot of press conferences and things, especially a guy like CJ Stroud. And uh, that was a more intimate setting. His family was there. I got to talk to his mom for a little while. You know, he's a very faith driven kid. He had a, a tough upbringing. His dad um, wasn't around much. And so, mm. you know, he had to kind of fight his way, both as a football player, but just as a kid, um, to, to where he is. And, you know, it's, it's all faith-driven for him. He, he, you know, after every game, when he comes up to talk to us, one of the first things he does is, is thank God and, and thank the mm. for the opportunity he has and things like that. So he's very strong in, in that way. And I think there's a number of guys on the team that, that relate to that. Even the guys that maybe aren't as, as religious as he is, um, you know, I think they still see how that's helped him get through, you know, kind of the struggles that he's, he's had to do. And I think they respect that. And, you know, obviously when, when you play as well as, um, as he did this past year, that, that helps guys uh, jump on board, right? No but, doubt. Uh, you know, he was one of the guys at the Rose Bowl when they're down at halftime, you know, talking to the guys in the locker room, from my understanding, you know, keeping things going. So he's definitely developed into to a leader. Um, you know, I'm interested to see – how that progresses. This is the first off season where he's for sure been the quarterback last year. Everyone kind of knew he was going to be the guy. I think he even mm-hmm. probably had a pretty good idea, but now he, he is the guy. This is his team to run throughout the off season. So uh, we don't get a ton of access to see that stuff in the off season, yeah. but you know, we'll, you know, we hear things or they post videos and stuff like that. And I think this will be a big chance for him to shine and kind of, you know, sculpt the team or, or at least the offense kind of in his image as much as a, a player can. Man, that would that's deep right there, Patrick. And and man, I I think I'm an even bigger fan now. And and just hearing about the the faith and 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 how big he is with that, and and you know just leaning on God and everything, man, that's huge to me. And and Patrick, do you think do you think he wins the Heisman, man? Because me on on this podcast, I, I do it with my brother and and a, one of our really good buddies, and and we did a. Uh, we did a, a previous show and, and man, I just, I think he wins the Heisman next year. And, and we all three have Ohio state in the national championship game, but could you answer that for me? For sure. Um, I would not be surprised, I guess is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think, you know, if you look back at this past year, you kind of look at the numbers, you know, obviously Bryce Young statistically, the way he played was, was the best player. Um, I don't think anyone's arguing that. C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young are buddies going back to their, their high school days in California. Mm-hmm. He was very happy for Bryce at, at the Heisman presentation. But one thing that I don't think gets talked about enough, C.J. missed two games that, that these other guys got to play. He missed one because of a shoulder injury mm-hmm. early in the season, which was against, I think, Akron. So that's a game where he probably puts up 500 yards and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then he also didn't play because of Ohio State losing to Michigan, didn't play in a Big Ten championship game where Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, all those other guys got another opportunity to showcase themselves. And, and that's somewhat on him, too. They, they lost the Michigan game. So I think if he plays those games, there's a, there's a much closer competition this year. And I say that to kind of lead into your question. You know, he's, in my mind, he's certainly one of the favorites. And, and I think mm. from, 
from Bryce Young's perspective, it's it's hard to repeat, right? I mean, we've seen no doubt. a number of guys over the past you know 15 or so years who have come back as Heisman winners, and there's just a, a higher standard that those guys are held to. Not to say Bryce Young couldn't do it. That's going to be a very good team. He's a very good player. But I think he'll just be looked at differently. Obviously, mm. you saw what CJ did in the uh, in the Rose Bowl, and he talked before that that he didn't like the fact that he finished fifth. So that's certainly something that's going to be on his mind. Ohio State, obviously, is, is going to have a chance to showcase him throughout the season. They, they open with Notre Dame mm. at home, so that'll be a game where he can kind of put himself uh, in the, at the top of the conversation. Obviously, you know, the, the Big Ten schedule that they, they always have um, will we'll give him plenty of opportunity. But, you know, if Ohio State, like you said, if, if they win, if they're back in the Big Ten championship game, they win that, they're in the playoff next year. You know, he I definitely see him back in New York and, you know, I think he will have the numbers. Again, we talked about kind of the weapons he'll have around him. Travion Henderson, the running back, will be mm-hmm. a sophomore. Um, he catches some passes. So, you know, I think this will be a very explosive offense. And like I said, it would not surprise me if C.J. Stroud takes it home. Man, you know, I agree with you. And, and uh, I, I was watching the Heisman ceremony this year. And when Desmond Howard took the slick shot at him, <laughs> uh, I text my brother and, and, and our buddy DG and I said, look, he is about to absolutely cook Utah in this Rose Bowl. And that awkwardness of that moment, and I I hate it for every Big Ten school next year because I think C.J. Stroud is going to put on an absolute clinic, man. And I'm excited about it. But, Patrick, man, one big thing down here, everything is – you know, the SEC, and, and I'm an Alabama man. I'm a huge Auburn fan, and it is 364 days out of the year. It's all talk about the Iron Bowl, man. And and on that last day of the year, uh, it, it's, it's something where uh, a lot of people don't get it, and I think it's just – it's a weird day, man. Uh, the Iron Bowl is is special, and it's one of the greatest rivalries in college football. But for the people down here who just solely focus on the SEC, could you take them inside the game and, and that Michigan and Ohio State rivalry and how big it is? Yeah, I think it's real similar to, to the Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, obviously, I think you know Big Ten fans or Ohio State Michigan fans would argue it's bigger, and you know mm-hmm. who knows. Um, I, I've always said, you know, in doing this, one of the things, you know, just from a college football standpoint is I wish they weren't on the same day because it would be awesome, you know, if a bye week lined up to go down and, and be, in that, be at that game sometime. Oh, man. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I think it's very similar. You know, I think, honestly, and, and I know Ohio State people won't like me saying this, but for, for the rivalry, it was probably a good thing that Michigan won a game that, that mattered. 100%. And Michigan upset Ohio State last eight years mm-hmm. um some of them wouldn't have ended up with ohio state not making the big 10 championship not making the playoff um and that would have helped the rivalry too you you want competition and i understand from a fan perspective you want to beat the rival every time mm-hmm. you play them but i do think that this adds some juice you know ohio state will certainly be fired up for that game next year um but yeah it's 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 intense and i think this will make it more intense it will, it will kind of get back to what it used to be um, and let's be honest here, Michigan has had some good teams. You know, I was mm-hmm. um, on the sideline at the overtime game four or five years ago when uh, when Curtis Samuel got the touchdown late for Ohio, or in overtime for Ohio State, mm. and that was about as intense of a game as, as you're going to see in college football. Ohio, you know, Michigan ends up winning that game, 
and it goes the other way, you know, we're talking about a whole different Michigan program at that point in time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's got the same intensity as, as the iron bowl and, mm-hmm. and some of the other big college football rivalries for sure. I do think that it'll be good for, for Michigan to have won one just to create that animosity. And, and honestly, and I wrote about this after, um, after that game this year, we were actually driving back from Ann Arbor and, you know, not to say that Ohio state didn't put focus on that game. They do every year, but mm-hmm. when you win eight in a row, when you've won, you know, all but one game since 2002, um, it's, it's hard to, hard to respect your opponent to the same level. Right. I mean, you, mm. you just, you just know you're going to win the game. You just, everybody's done it, you know, for the upperclassmen, as much as you, you say and think and have everything, I think it just becomes kind of something you take for granted. And so you, you need that to, to kind of wake you up, I think, a little bit. You know, there used to be people couldn't wear blue inside Ohio State's facility. People obviously don't say Michigan um, throughout, you know, at any point. And that had kind of started to wane a little bit. Um, even in one of the players kind of slipped up in the press conference leading up to the Michigan game and said Michigan. And, like, no one really batted an eye. I, I, I remember <laughs> thinking, like, that was, that's not normal. So, you know, I think this will just kind of reinforce that stuff um, again, Ohio State will double down on what they do and, and, you know, look to put it on Michigan next year. And then, obviously, I think, you know, in two years, back up at the big house, it'll, it'll be the same thing. And I think that's what it is with, with Alabama and Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this past year, with the way Alabama ended that game, I'm sure that will fuel Auburn um, to, to be, you know, that much better next year and whatnot. So I think I put those games really on, on the same level, um, you know, just, just with the way that, that these teams – hate each other but also respect what the others have done you know within the programs and things like that and, you know i think you need both sides to to win every once in a while to uh you know keep it keep it the, the intensity of that rivalry mm, man uh yeah both of them i you know i say you guys are up north y'all you know it's 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 y'all's rivalry and then down south it, it's ours you know that's how yeah. i always like to split it up man but patrick i got two more for you man does uh does the NFL, do, do they end up snatching Ryan Day from y'all? At some point, I could definitely see that. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I know, mm. you know, he's, he's got kids in school. His son's about to start high school. I think he's in eighth, eighth grade right now. Um, he's a young quarterback and a talented kid. Um, and so I think, you know, I could see maybe once his kids are done, um, you know, especially if he, you know, he wins a national championship in Columbus maybe looking at that. He's a guy who grew up a huge Patriots fan. He's from New Hampshire. That's the one job that I think would would, would maybe pry him away if Bill Belichick mm. um, were, were to retire or, or whatever would happen there. Um, but I think he, he, you know, they're very happy in Columbus. I know that for a fact. He's very happy with Ohio State. He's obviously well compensated. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think he's going to be up to like the third highest paid coach by the time whenever his, his raise happens this, this offseason. Um, something along those lines. I, it may change given what other coaches have gotten, but he's well compensated for what he does. And there's not many NFL coaches that make as much money as he is at Ohio State. So I think it would take something special over these next few years to really get him to go. You know, I know mm-hmm. they've been talking about the Chicago Bears and getting to coach Justin Fields again, but you know, to me, it just seems like that that would be a whole rebuilding project where here at Ohio State, you're you're you know already kind of on top of, you know, the Big Ten every year and, you know, you're, you're in the national championship picture and, you know, he just hired this whole new defensive staff. To me, if 
if you're thinking about leaving for the NFL, you know, why are you going out and remaking your defensive staff? Leave that to the mm-hmm. next guy. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see it at some point. Uh, I think that is something that would interest him. I know he, he, you know, he coached in the NFL with, with both the Eagles and uh, the 49ers, like I said, under Chip Kelly. So mm-hmm. he's been there. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be some time. I think he feels like he has a lot more to accomplish at Ohio State first. Mm, man, yeah, I would I would be shocked if uh, if he if he bounced on Ohio State because I think he is uh, I think he's he's got some special moments coming up there. And uh, man, my last question here is is like I said earlier, our our buddy uh, Dalton Garrett he helps out with this podcast, man, and he's a huge Florida fan. Uh, could you give him a, a, a little piece on uh, on Jack Miller transferring down there and, and what kind of what kind of QB they're getting? Yeah, sure. Uh, I like Jack a lot. I uh, you know I, I really liked what he did. He was the the first quarterback that played in the spring game. Just kind of how the team worked out last year. Drove Buckeyes well. His his Buckeye team, uh, I guess they're all Buckeyes in that game, <laughs> right down the field. He did end up throwing an interception. They, I mean, they got down probably like the five or six-yard line. Mm-hmm. And that kind of derailed his day. Like, I think he just got a little rattled. It was his first time throwing a pass in the horseshoe, and there was a pretty good crowd on hand and whatnot. So, um, But yeah, I, I've seen some good things out of him, both at, when we've gotten to see him throw in practice, um, you know, gotten to see him play a little bit in games. I think he's very talented. You know, the, the thing that kind of held him back and what, what made Ohio State go out and get a second quarterback in the class that ended up being C.J. Stroud was you know, he, had, he battled shoulder injuries in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's just taken a while for him to get back to 100%. And then, obviously, you know, Ohio State finds a C.J. Stroud and he only kind of grows in, in terms of his uh, you know the, the, the thoughts of him as a quarterback. So, you know, I, I, I think you know, had C.J. Stroud not entered the picture at Ohio State, I think Jack Miller would have been just fine, um, mm. you know, doing what, what he can do running that offense. So I'll be very interested to see what goes on with him at Florida. I think he's very talented, um, you know, a uh, uh, real cool, collected kid, um, you know, kind of kind of handles himself real well and everything like that. So he did have one snafu with the uh, driving under the influence here mm. towards the end of the year when he got pulled over. Um but uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I think that was a mistake that he'll put in the past. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with him in Florida. You know, when he announced he was going to transfer. It was just a loaded quarterback room. I mean, they've no got doubt. Kyle McCord here, who's uh, you know, is a five-star kid. They had Quinn Ewers, who is now transferred to Texas. They, they got another kid in Devin Brown that just arrived from Utah. So um, you know, he, I think he just looked at it as uh, you know, the the opportunity to play. And, um, you know, was, was trying to find a fit. So I hope he does well at Florida, and I, I think he's real talented. Patrick, man, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, and, and I appreciate you coming on today. And, and could, you tell our, could you tell some of our guests where they could find you on social media, man? Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter, at underscore Pat underscore Murphy. Um, I think it's the same on, on Instagram, but my Instagram's not that exciting. So uh, <laughs> Twitter's where I do most of my work. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously the two four seven sports network. I know our SEC guys do a great job, so people are probably familiar with that down mm-hmm. there. And you know, if they ever want to find out about Ohio State stuff, just just come on up to Bucknuts. Man, that's uh, that was a home run, man, and I appreciate it, Patrick. I, I hope I can get you on back uh, closer to football season, man. Uh, and and I just uh, I thank you for your time, man. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you need me, let me know. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, thanks.
Man, everybody, that was Patrick Murphy once again. What an episode, y'all. Uh, the guy just, he really laid it out for uh, for everyone down here in the SEC that, that doesn't get a chance to to hear a lot about the Ohio State program or just solely focuses on the on the SEC. And, and man, what an episode. I loved hearing it. I, I really enjoyed the C.J. Stroud talk, and, and I'm just – I'm a huge fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes, man. I, I'm excited to see this offense next year. And after watching that Rose Bowl and and the look in C.J. Stroud's eye at the Heisman Trophy ceremony after the slick shot from Desmond Howard, I think this Ohio State program is close, people. I think they are extremely close to winning a national championship. And I think it could possibly happen in 2022. And – Man, Patrick, I appreciate you coming on today, like I said. And, and you know, you gave me 26 solid minutes of your time on a Friday afternoon, and and I'm just super thankful. And, and I you know, I hope I can get you back on here, man. And, and I just – I'm thankful for your time, man. And, and with that being said, guys, thank you for listening, tuning in. Uh, I love each and every one of you for, for you know, coming on here and listening to this show. And, and I really appreciate it. If you could, go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave a review, hit the like button, subscribe, whatever you got to do, man. But I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And, uh, hey, catch you on the next one. I'm out.